Welcome to For What It's Worth, an introduction and immersion into the furry fandom. And now, two fools who were bitten by radioactive spiders and got nothing but painful scars. Here are our ruined tugs. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> well, this is Rue. <laughs> this is Tugs, and I have no idea what we're doing. And, well, do we ever know what we're really doing? Blowing everyone's ears out. Well, welcome to our lovely show. We have a great show planned today. We're going to have season, it's season three. Oh, wow. Season three? No, season two, episode 21. Oh, wow. You're fired. <laughs> the title is... What? What? I'm ready to go to season three. We We're have a flat. I can't, I can't count dead. past 21, uh, 21. We have to lower that number. Anyway, so today we're going to be talking about love and relationships. Today's show is called Heart <laughs> and Fluff. <laughs> you have completely derailed me for any kind of show right now. Thank you. You're welcome. But today we'll be joined by Amy and Hamster, which are good friends of ours. And we are going to pick apart their loving relationship. In 10 minutes. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about <laughs> us for 10 minutes. Woo! Tell me how your con went. I was sick. Wait, tell my... everyone what con. Oh, we went to FC, and I was sick most of the time. But then... Um... You're a jerk. Why? Who goes to con sick? I'm sorry. You're s- no, that you're like, you're all, I'm self-entitled. I'm going to go to con and get everyone sick so that I can have a good time and make everyone sick at the same time. It's not that. I wanted to be there for the show. We had Koru. He could have stood in the corner and looked pretty like you did. Oh, okay. <laughs> But we had a lot of fun with bunny wares. Oh that my gosh. was a fabulous episode. They were amazing. Like, what costumes did they bring? Like, they said that it was a secret. What was so that it's still a secret? Know. It's still a secret. It's still a secret. I think. Yeah, okay. I do. I don't think we have the okay to reveal that. Really? Yeah, but they have great costumes. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Awesome. Oh, I thought you were rubbing his leg over there. Ooh, Ooh. loving relationship. Warming him up for that. Happening already. <laughs> Oh, as we breathe into the microphones. So, um, I was sober, believe it or not. I did not have one drink before we did that show, but I was so tempted just because I was having a good time. I, um, oh yeah, what did we do? We went to the Disney Family Museum, which was amazing. If you get the chance to go, it's not owned by the company. It's actually owned by the family, and they have most of his things. Um, so we got to see stuff like the the Oscar he got for Snow White, and it had seven little Oscars, and then the big Oscar and stuff. And they had a lot of original cells, and um, they had the first sketch of Mickey Mouse and Oswald. And, did Mickey have a tail? Uh, shoot, you know what? I don't remember. I think he did, though. Yeah. Um, but they talked about the... Disney trivia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they talked about like Mortimer and all uh-huh. that stuff. And then they had like, this huge cabinet filled with um, all the Mickey Mouse things that were like from the 30s and 40s. And then they had a wall, and it was like a thousand frames. Um, not a real. They were reproduction. From Steamboat Willie, and a few of them were like actually LED or not LED LCD screens, and they would like move around every now and then and stuff. It was really cool. That's and, awesome. And we were like, oh, we'll just go for a couple hours, you know. We could have spent a day or two there. It was there was so much to look at. That's cool. It was it was really awesome. So if you guys get a chance, go. Um, it's awesome. Oh, and you get a really kick-ass view of the Golden Gate Bridge. Mm. They have a big panorama window. Yeah. 
Looks like you had a lot of fun out there. You dragged you dragged Cora around, right? Yeah, we did. And uh, we take one day every FC, and we go have Nerd Turista, where we go to some strange thing. And they like, we have to Google? be out there. Um, yeah, we did Google last year. We went and looked at the Android statues. Cool. Um, we were going to try and go this time, but it didn't work out because we spent way too long at the Disney Museum until they kicked us out for closing time. <laughs> um, we ate good food, but the con itself was great. Um, I think it was the best FC since we left the Double Tree. But nothing will ever replace the Double Tree in my heart. Oh. I miss it the Double Tree is awesome because you get cookies. It is. Yes. <laughs> Actually, someone went over in fursuit and got a cookie. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> It was good, though, and it was nice because I got to hang out with all the people I wanted to see except for, I think, one, and uh, made a couple friends who actually came to the live show, um, had never been before, and that was cool. So it was a good con. And we gave away our exclusive giveaway, which we didn't tell anyone about. Yeah, I know. It was kind of a surprise. We had gifts for everybody. Yep. We gave away bottle openers that had FC. Further Confusion Further 2013. Further Confusion 2013, for what it's worth, live. On it, so. Yep, and cool. we have another exclusive giveaway coming up for, for Idaho. So, go to the show. Please be potatoes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we've been doing for Idaho prep. Um, we've been going crazy with for Idaho prep. So, if you're going to be in that area or, you know, I would highly recommend you looking into going to that convention. The, the truth of it is, is Idaho is really mostly potatoes. But every now and then <laughs> they have something cool like a con um, and they invited us up to be guest of honor. And so the con was really fun last year. It, it was it's going to be more fun this year. Yeah, because we're going to be 10 times better than what we were before. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, the idea is, is that, uh, well, of course, if you listen to the show regularly, you know that we kind of... We, we mix the series, but we have our, our weird, wacky humor um, that you're not expecting sometimes. Um, and we've decided that if we're going to do events, we're going to do them in a way that only we can do them mm-hmm. with that same kind of feel. So if you go, there are um, right now is recording two events. Yeah, on we've, our show. Yep, we've got the greatest talent show in the galaxy and then Ruth's favorite thing in the world. <laughs> the Cookie Social. Yeah! <laughs> Where basically we sit around a table and we eat cookies and talk to each other. Yep, there's we have some things planned for that. It'll be fun. Um, and then we have two more things we have not announced yet, but they are teasers on the For Idaho Central part of our website. Well, the most important one is our talent show. The yeah. Greatest talent show um, in, the galaxy. in the galaxy. That's what it's called. We need your guys' help. If you're going to For Idaho... Sign up for the talent show if you have some sort of talent, if, whether it's picking your nose or... I really don't want anyone to get up in front of the audience and pick their nose. Oh, come on. But what we're doing is we are going to have text message voting and three judges, so it'll be kind of like American Idol meets X Factor. Uh, and then we'll generally torture you Yeah. as you perform your vaudeville in front of the audience. Do they, have to do, it, do they have to do it in their fursuits? No. Oh. No. Yeah. They can do it in the nude? They can do it uh, the, they the maximum rating on that show is PG-13. We, we uh. as guest of honor, we decided that it would be more appropriate to only do PG-13 or R-rated panels, but no 18 plus. <laughs> like, yeah, like uh, FC was 18 plus. That was wild, though. It was fun. Yeah, it was wild. I don't, I don't think that we went like really far into. We that. have to have our security, though. You know, our safety net. Well, we're still class. We try to be classy. We're the friendly podcast. We're the polyp we're of the, fuzzy logic. We're the nice cast. <laughs> the nice cast. That's what people call us. So, so, so sign up for the talent show. Please do it. Do it. We, you can actually sign up at the con as well. At our, We will have a table. 
You know what? Do it before. Um, we're yeah. also going to see, we're going to try, you know, if, if you have a talent that you can't necessarily see, I mean, like show, like racing or something like that. Um, make a cool video. Make a cool video and we'll show it. You know, we'll we'll try to get a projector if they have a projector, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's time for the cookie. Yes, the cookie. Please be something inside this time, please. Oh God, there is something. Sorry. <laughs> so the cookie that we have today, the good old fortune cookie, has scribbles on it. Let's see. Love is a two-way street. When slippery in the vein. Wow. <laughs> I think you read that wrong. What does this say? This is written in Roman characters. In, in, yeah, Love is Latin. a two-way street. When slippery in the rain. In bed with a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> So tell us about that fortune. How it does it how does it hit your heart? Uh, I think it's time to start the show. Hope you enjoyed your 10-second potty break. We're back. <laughs> and as Rue said, this is heart and fluff. Love and relationships. It's really hard. Who came up with heart and fluff? Like, heart and fluff? What does that even mean? You wrote the title. You tell me. Whatever. So we asked for some emails and voicemails and things, and you guys met our expectations because you're such an awesome audience and sent us stuff. So we have stuff from you to read. All and right, Rue so has the email. What is love? Lupran sent us an email. I hope we said that right. Yes, Lupran. The Hitchhiker Guide to the Galaxy has this to stay on the subject. Love, avoid, if at all possible. <laughs> Can we get Stephen Fry to come on the show and read that? <laughs> he was the voice of the guide in the movie. Really? Yeah. But yeah, avoid if at all possible. And then, Scoodoo, our wonderful cookie baker. Oh, yeah, Scoodoo. I love your cookies. Okay. This is what Scooter had to say. I'm going to keep my answer short and sweet. Don't be something you're not. Stay true to yourself and others, and you will find your way. And then we also had an email from... Dun, dun, dun. Oh, he's such an awesome guy. It was fun hanging out with him at FC. Uh, this is what he said. I hope this isn't too terrible a wallet text, but I've been wanting to say this for a while. While probably far more accepted in the fandom than the general populace, polygamy has long been my preferred relationship structure. I'm gender fluid, so my gender identity is constantly in flux, and a single partner could never satisfy my constantly shifting needs. But even leaving that flux aside, I don't see how it is fair to expect any one person to be everything for you forever, and I think it's unrealistic for them to expect that of you. Am I just not seeing the same thing in love as others? How do we make it work? Most of my mates are also mates with each other as well, which helps a lot. When one of my mates is sad, I am sad for them. I comfort them. I am there for them if I can be. I know that when I am sad, I have multiple mates who will support me, even when some of them are unavailable for whatever reason. 
When I and one of my mates has a fight or disagreement, I know it's not the end of the world as I curl up in the arms of another mate who will often help see what happened in the fight so we can deal with it. We all love each other very much, and we are there for each other. I'm often asked, well, what about jealousy? Doesn't it make you mad to see your mate flirt, cuddle, kiss with another? Why would it make me mad to see those I love happy? I personally think jealousy comes from the idea of ownership, that someone else is taking what is yours, but I don't like the idea of owning another person, perhaps in play, but not real life. People are not property, love is not a commodity, nor is it limited in supply. Just because I find another to love does not mean I love the others any less, and the same is true for each of my mates. Yours lovingly, an L-shaped thorn. So we've kind of got a little bit of a mix there on what people think love is, but we brought in the experts. Nope. (laughs) Nope, you're not the experts? No. (laughs) Well, I have more expertise than us. Well, we have two of our experts. We have Amy. Hello. And we have Hamster. Hello. Who we affectionately call the zookeeper. (laughs) (laughs) Because he's not... No. um, Neither of them have professed to become addicted to the fandom yet, but they hang out with us all the time in our local events. So... Gotta hang out with someone, I guess. Right. And and to be fair, um, we we have kind of touched on relationships in a previous episode, um, but it was from three guys who were gay, and this time we decided that we would mix it up and bring in a straight couple. So we can get all points of view, because we love that. <laughs> we love points of view. Right. And so... It's good to cover all the bases. So, so we have our first question for you guys. I mean, how long have you guys been married? Five months, about. Sounds about right. And amazingly, because I was at the wedding, she did not trip going up the steps. We had the cameras ready! <laughs> the YouTube no, was excited. I was prepared. <laughs> what did she do? Did she, like, practice walking no. up and down the aisle? I, I uh, had my dad holding my bouquet so I could hike my skirt up. <laughs> See, she actually, she had to go up, um, it was like an amphitheater, wasn't it? Yeah. And you have to, it was concrete steps and you had to walk up them to get to where the... Um, the aisle was. Yeah. And so she came out of hiding in this little building and had to go up the steps in the amphitheater in heels. In heels! In heels, yep. So that's an achievement right there. <laughs> By the way, most kick-ass wedding of the century. Of course. <laughs> I had a blast. Yeah, you, well, you started a trend. Did I? Yeah, you're the first people I knew that ever did the candy buffet thing, and now everyone's like, "Oh, candy buffet!" Yeah, yeah. And the uh, photo wall—that was yes. pretty awesome. Yeah. We actually are starting a little business with that now. Really? Yeah. Fun. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Where did you guys go on your honeymoon? Um, I wouldn't say we really had a honeymoon. We went on a cruise that we already had planned before we were engaged, but. There were a lot of friends and family on the cruise. They went on a honeymoon to a stateroom with Mr. Serta and Mr. Seeley. <laughs> and St. Mattress? And St. Mattress. <laughs> Good old St. Mattress. Love that guy. <laughs> How long were you dating before you got married? A year. No, we were dating a year before we got engaged. Right. It was it was almost two years when we I got don't married. Know anything. <laughs> <laughs> so who's always right? I am. <laughs> Those are the rules, right? She's always right? I can't remember. You got it. <laughs> so, how many partners have you had before that you guys were engaged and married? You want to go first? Oh, I, well, I had, uh, before this, I had uh, two girlfriends. Does she, your, your ex doesn't listen to the show, right? No. Okay. Just, nice I gotta, I know. I'll tell you a story off the air. That <laughs> whenever I think of her, there's only one event I think of. Yeah? Yeah, and it was a major olfactory event. Interesting. Yeah, game night. <laughs> I would like to hear this event. <laughs> <laughs> Amy, how many boyfriends or girlfriends? You only had you've only had boyfriends, right? Yes. Okay. I um I was never really like 
in a steady relationship. I always dated a lot, but I never, I would say my relationships never lasted more than like a month. Hey, why is that? Are you picky? I. You are a bit Steve, of a princess. It's okay. Steve would say I'm picky. I would say that I know what I want. You're discriminating. You and have discriminating I taste. tend to run away quickly. <laughs> this is true. So how, how did you manage to hold on? He tied me down. Oh. <laughs> oh. Woo! A little bit of the Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, I've tried tying her down. It doesn't work. <laughs> so you found a formula that works for you, obviously. Yeah. Um, what kinds of uh, mistakes or what led to the failure of your previous relationships? Because a lot of people that in our audience struggle with this. You know, they we do get letters like, I want to find someone who's into this or into that, or I just don't know how to approach people. I mean, and when they try, they've failed for whatever reason. So what are the, some of the reasons that you have seen failure in your previous relationships? If you want to deem it failure at all. Um, For me, I really had to learn to be willing to try something. I've always been so guarded that um, that's why I run away immediately is because somebody says the wrong thing once and I'm like, fuck you, I'm out of here. <laughs> so, um, Because you're me, always right, right? No, no, no. <laughs> because um, to be okay with that, I had to like let down my guard and learn to trust and that was something I was not able to do for a long time. It's hard to be able to give your heart to another person and mm-hmm. expect, uh, it, you know, especially if you've had things in the past that's happened to you, it's it's hard. I can I can definitely see how sometimes people struggle with that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Zookeeper. Yeah, I, I'd say about the same sort of thing. It's it's really hard to know exactly what the other person is thinking. I mean, even if you're both experiencing the same event. You may view it differently and have different opinions about that, and it's really hard sometimes to realize that it's okay to have differing opinions. It's it's, you know, if the other person may not be perfect in every regard, and you you've got to just kind of go with the flow on that. Well, luckily you found someone that was perfect, so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's... so you're the Mary Poppins. <laughs> That's me. Practically perfect. <laughs> She's listening, you know. <laughs> Mary oh, Poppins. I love her. I know. Awesome. You're you know engaged. that she comes to our meets now. Really? Yeah. I should go see her. Um, I don't know. I was going to say, so you know, that kind of reminds me. And I would you agree that, that part of that learning to trust comes from experience? I mean, you have to yes. go through a breakup, right? Certainly. And um, what was I watching? I was playing something or watching something. You're always playing and watching something. <laughs> I know, right? Um, and someone said, you know, you'll never, ever love the same way you loved the first person you ever fell in love with. You never will because it's it's interesting because I, uh, I don't have as many friends that are, you know, 18, 19 now as I used to. But now I, I do have a couple and they're like, you know, the world is perfect and Tiny Tim is tiptoeing through the tulip. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Everything's ideal. And I'm like, oh, man, in three months you're going to have the worst wake-up call. <laughs> but, but you learn exactly what you were talking about, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we all get hurt. And... um you just got to realize that you're not the only one who's been hurt. In order to find love, you have to be willing to risk yourself getting hurt. Yes. If you're not willing to have that risk, then you're going to find yourself alone for the rest of your life. <laughs> well, now I'm depressed. Let's talk Sorry to make positive. people depressed. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that you have to learn to trust other people. 
that's probably one of the number one things as far as with a relationship. If you don't have trust in another person, then it's just it's not going to happen. Well, I think Steve can tell you that that's something that I still work with every day. Because when, <laughs> when we met, uh, I had a very, very thick stone wall. <laughs> it's true. I, I'd go over on dates and we sit on the couch and she spent a lot of time staring at the dogs because she was nervous about being around me but not really wanting to say anything. Did you like do the hand on the thigh thing? Like, <laughs> I don't remember where I put my hand. <laughs> oh. Whoa. Okay. Virginia, right? <laughs> you, you know this is a PG-13 show. Whatever. You know that, right? <laughs> Just kidding. Bullshit. <laughs> so you've had um, some really great dates, I'm sure. Over the years, what are the secrets to a great date? So, first time you want to take someone out, what's what would you do on the first date to make sure that it's a success? I'd say it's it's very important the first date to have something simple. Um, don't try to get too fancy because you're just trying to get to know someone at that point. You just want to you just want to sit and talk. You know, have uh, something comforting in front of you. Uh, you know, go out for coffee or a soda or something. Don't go to a movie. Yeah, right. that's the worst first date is going to a movie. Really. Yeah, because I yeah. mean, what what do you want? You want to sit in the dark next to someone that you've never known before for like two hours, and I then it's it time to go home. Yeah. Well, yeah, but <laughs> if you're actually wanting to get to know someone, it's right. it's good, and also it's good to have to go on a first date such that if it's not going well, that you have an easy way to escape. So it isn't like a fixed duration. It's kind of like, well, we'll no, have this date. That's why you got that call in the middle of our date. Uh-huh. <laughs> have Come you ever you. used the escape a date? <laughs> Um, no, I, I usually stick it out into a better end. <laughs> I, I, I confess I have used the escape a date. Really? Wow. Yeah. Tell us about this story. I don't remember. I just know that oh. I used it. It, w- it was someone I didn't really, I was kind of a pity date. <laughs> oh. Tugs told me to call him in like 15 minutes. <laughs> that was me. No. Yeah, it was. It was, a, it was like at an FC or something. Oh. It was a few years ago. Oh, yeah. We're not talking about that. <laughs> what about what about subsequent dates? So you've gone and had coffee and it worked out. How, uh, how do you get to that next step? Because there's some people that are out there that they're just stuck on that first date. They don't know what to do to get to the next level. Well, what, what do you recommend? Well, I'll tell you after our first date, I thought it went really well. We go out to a parking lot, and I distinctly remember telling her that I that I had a good time. We should do this again sometime, but I was too nervous to go in for like the the, the kiss or the hug or whatnot. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Were you expecting it? Well, let me back up a little. He, oh! he may <laughs> distinctly yeah, yeah. remember that, but it didn't actually happen. <laughs> so apparently, it didn't actually happen. We we had a great first date. We sat there for two hours talking. And then we left, and I was thinking, wow, that went really, really good. We didn't stop talking for two hours. So he kind of walked me up to my car because his car was beyond my car. And then he was like, okay, see ya, and got in his car. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I guess he's not interested. All right. So I set up another date. <laughs> Is that is that what happened? I, I want to get yeah. both sides of the coin here because it's different. <laughs> I I guess I as I said I distinctly remember in my head at least telling her that I had a good time and we should do this again sometime, and then we went our separate ways. So was it abrupt like that? Like all right, cool, see you. It yeah. could well have been. He didn't try to hug me. Nothing. Oh, I, I have to I have to confess. I mean, even though I'm I'm obviously quasi married to James, 
Um, the idea of hugging a woman specifically scares the crap out of me on like in a dating type situation. If I, if I don't know her, you know, it's like, Hey, you're kind of cute, whatever. If I was to go on a date with her, I would be scared because and I think it might be Hollywood doing it where it's just like, get a slap. <laughs> I don't want that. That's a huge I, risk. I, I think hugs are fine. I think that going for a kiss on your first date yeah. is kind of a little bit, you're crazy. Maybe I yeah. just think that they're like all soft and going to explode <laughs> on you or something. <laughs> I squeezed too hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In my experience, I hadn't had a lot of different dates. I, I tend to like get to know someone and then like have a, uh, a committed relationship with someone before this. So it was like just meeting someone new out of a blue because we met online. It was uh, it was very hard. <laughs> Did you meet through what is it, EMatch or whatever? Okay, Cupid. Yeah. Uh, really? really? I see ads for them all the time. <laughs> I think we were on it before it was hip. Uh. <laughs> so give us some examples of your worst date. It doesn't have to be necessarily between oh, the two of you. I've got, I've got one. So I, to buy a car. And the guy that was trying to sell me the car ended up asking me out. What kind of car was it? I think it was a Nissan Altima. Yeah, that's not a good sign. This was 97-ish. <laughs> long time you ago. You could have gotten him fired for doing that. <laughs> so we went on a date. And um, he turned out to be a very good Mormon boy. And I am not a very good Mormon boy. So. I don't think you're a boy at all. <laughs> So immediately we weren't a great match, but um, we did go to a movie on the first date, first mistake. And you remember what you went and saw? It might have been what was the action movie with Gina Davis, where she forgets her identity. I don't know. Anyways, Beetlejuice. No, (laughs) (laughs) it was something with some breasts in it. That's all I know. A lot of movies. (laughs) Because when the breasts appeared. He immediately buried his face in his hands. Oh, wow. And couldn't watch the rest of the movie. And that was all he could talk about after the movie was, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. Oh, I didn't know there were going to be breasts. (laughs) So um, I've actually had quite a few of those. And those dates, it's funny, you know, being raised in Utah as a non-Mormon, those dates always turned into... Hey, you're like a sister to me. Here's a Book of Mormon. <laughs> really? Yes. Oh. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Oh, oh man. <laughs> what? You're less active? I'm a missionary. <laughs> Let me help you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I had a, an interesting date. While, while I was trying to get into the dating scene and figure things out, I uh, uh, met this girl on, uh, goodness, one of the dating websites. Um we met up at an Olive Garden, and she wasn't quite what she presented herself online, but okay, I was willing to give her a chance. So we sit down, and we got to talking, and by talking, I mean me listening to her rattle on and on and on. <laughs> and I mean, she was telling me all about her life, her family, her past boyfriends, the things she didn't like about her past boyfriends, the things she liked about her past boyfriends, and <laughs> I mean... By the end of the date, this woman had told me her entire life story. And I'm like, all right, you know, we'd been there for about an hour or so and, you know, had our food and we left. And 
a few days later, she got a hold of me and wanted to do something else. And I'm like, well, maybe she just had a nervous first date or something. All right, I'll give her a second chance. So our, our second date was, uh, she came over to my place and uh, we watched some anime for an hour or two or something. And then she left. Was it Dragon Ball Z? No. <laughs> just checking. I can't even remember what it was over now. Over 9,000. <laughs> but uh, then after that, the, the text messages started. And she like became completely infatuated with me for some reason. And I basically told her, well, you know, you don't even know me. Why, why are you getting crazy like this? Because you listened. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and I, I kind of had to uh, divest myself of her. And I, I tried very gently to tell her that I wasn't interested, and she ended up blowing up at me. But luckily, she hasn't ever contacted me since. So, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was kind of a, a date gone wrong for me. So, you know, this this begs a couple questions. Um, the first one is, why do people do that? I mean, obviously, you dated people who probably had experience in dating, mm-hmm. right? Based on their age, you could probably guess that. Why, why, in your opinion, do you think that they were so awkward? I mean, in, in your case, Amy, I think it's a little more obvious, right? Yeah. Nerves and brainwashing. <laughs> <laughs> but in your case, whoa, what the hell? Um, something's happening to my ears. Um, Steve... What's who? What, what drives someone to just share their life story like that? Uh, it, as near as I could tell, obviously, you know, I heard her life story and everything she said. What, the the impression I got from her was that she uh, wasn't very confident in herself, so she was really looking for some external party to kind of validate her, and she wasn't getting what she wanted. She basically people were just really taking advantage of her and using her and such, and. It just seemed like she was just hopping from one person to another. I don't know. She didn't really seem to be there for herself. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's it sounds like she just had she needed to get herself together before she was in the date scene for good dates, rather so she could focus on what was important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, that can be a hard thing to want to admit, though, to yourself. I mean, I guess it's human instinct. He wants to be imperfect, right? Um, and the, oh, sorry, the second question I had, and this is directed towards you, Amy. Um, a lot of guys, I would venture, are scared of that raging girlfriend when you break up that turns psycho. What causes that to happen, and how can you avoid it? Um, okay, <laughs> let me start by that's a stereotype. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. And um, I think that is... A very blown up stereotype. I think you watch too many movies. <laughs> I, in all fairness, I have had two friends that have had like the keeps calling, keeps screaming type, type situations. It wasn't like the movies, but I think a lot of guys do watch the movies and think that that actually is real. Well, I think what you're really getting at is a girl that can't let go. Okay. And I don't think that that happens to everyone because i'm sure there's a lot of relationships where it's the girl that's leaving first but um (laughs) i think that they are probably just trying to understand what happened trying to justify the situation trying to even in some cases desperately trying to be loved again 
I'm not fully hanging the ambulance sound in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Did well, we pick it up? Well, last time we had ice cream trucks. This time we have ambulances. Ambulances? Ambulances. Whatever. Ambulance. <laughs> ambulance. Ambulance. Ambulances. <laughs> so you would say definitely that that's a Hollywood thing. Yes, I would. I think certainly there are people of both genders yes. out there yes. that can react poorly and have a hard time letting go and do insane things, but I don't think it's the stereotype. What's happening over there? He's pointing at himself. What? Do, do you have a hard time letting go, Rue? I think that we all have a hard time letting go sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I'm not putting you on the spot today. Well, you know, I, I've had a previous relationship where it's like, it seems like both of us had problems with letting go and it's the same very similar situation as what what you're saying you mm-hmm. know um that's happened this kind of happened to me so yeah <laughs> and and i th- i would venture um and you guys can tell me if you agree part of this is it's okay to let go because it's not like saying that i suck right right it's saying this just isn't working right we're not a match that's okay yeah, yeah. And trust me, when you go on a date and end up running down the street naked afterwards, you figure it out really fast. Has this happened to you? (laughs) That's probably the story I should have told on the bad date story. (laughs) I want to have to tell it before we go to break, yeah. (laughs) You've never heard it? No, I've never heard the story. Oh. So I went on a date. This was actually a second date. And we it was a double. We started at uh, someone's house. And um, we had dinner. It was very nice. And we were drinking, and I did not know that the drinks that they were giving me were like 110 proof. <laughs> um, were you, what were you drinking? It was something banana flavored. That's oh, all I remember. No. I'm thinking 99. Um, maybe that's why I don't like bananas. I don't know. <laughs> um, so I was very, very drunk by the end of dinner, and we went clubbing. This is when I was living in Long Beach, so... Um, no covers or anything. You could just bounce from bar to bar. So we hit the first bar. I was already trashed off my ass. Hit the second bar. I was getting to the sick point. Got in the car. And I thought that I was speaking very clearly. I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up. But apparently I was over there mumbling. <laughs> so it, At her perspective. it came. And because nobody heard me, there were no windows open or anything. (laughs) So we pulled the car over and everybody's panicking about the car. And I'm just stripping because I have vomit on me and I am disgusted. So I strip and I'm like, screw this. And I took off down the street. (laughs) What? Wow. And there was some guy. It's the middle of the night. Exactly. (laughs) Some guy parked in a parking lot. He's like. Do you need water? He's pulling jugs of water out of his car. <laughs> so I'm grabbing water and pulling them, pouring them over my naked body in the middle of Long Beach. Well, these this guy that I've been on two dates with is like, Amy! <laughs> so anyway. Oh my god. We we did actually go out for probably another month after that. He was very forgiving. <laughs> Steve, do you wish this had happened to you? Not particularly. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't have to go outside. I can go home. <laughs> That's an awesome story. <laughs> well, it's time for our first break. So we are going to go to the news and come back and continue our quest for what is love. 
what is love? From the FWIW News Desk, this is Tugs bringing you the latest news from around the furry fandom. Today we start in local news as there is no national news available to report. The Utah Furries regular meet was held Saturday, February 9th with an estimated attendance of 50 at a local pizza buffet. This was to celebrate the anniversary of the group. Midnight Mountain Wolf, the current leader, has also announced his term in the group's leadership has concluded. Election details to replace the position will be announced. Upcoming meets. The UFF will be meeting the first Saturday of March. Details and locations are to be announced. The Utah Furries will not be meeting on the second Saturday of March due to for Idaho. An alternative plan has yet to be announced. Upcoming conventions. Texas Furry Fiesta is coming up on February 22nd to the 24th in Addison, Texas. Pre-registration is closed at this time, but you can still register at the door. As mentioned previously, for Idaho 2013 is March 8th through 10th, 2013 in Boise, Idaho. The convention has opened up more rooms at an overflow hotel, and for what it's worth has been selected as one of the guests of honors at the convention. From the FWIW News Desk, this is Tugs bringing you the latest news from around the furry fandom. Stay with us as we continue our chat with Amy and Steve about relationships, play the game, read listener mail, and more. In case you forgot, you're listening to For What It's Worth. You're awesome! Alright. <laughs> I don't know. Thanks for sticking with us! Thanks for sticking with us and listening to that awful news break. Just kidding, I love your news break! Alright, well I've got an email I'm starting the segment with. Alright. Give it, give it to us. I think it's from Shylon. Shylon. <laughs> you must construct additional Shylons. <laughs> <laughs> it's from Shiloh. Uh, she actually left us a voicemail or made an attempt to. Um, we need to modify our message to say that you can only leave three minutes before it cuts you off. Yeah. Um, so she decided to send us an email. Um, it is a rather lengthy email, so we will be summarizing key points. But thank you for the email, Shiloh. So here it is. Ah, love. Something I see fly around the furry fandom like hugs out of fur meat. As furries, we are composed of love and fluff for all, but most of us are wanting a bit more than that. We want to be in love. We fuzzies are not solitary creatures by nature. We all want someone to partner with. Someone who will be our friend, ally, support, and most importantly, our lover. And don't get me wrong, having someone to smile madly about and carry on with is good and all, but a lot of the relationships in the fandom never go beyond that. The partner stay in that lusty, let's get every piece of art together stage and never ever move forward. What goes wrong? Could it be a lack of compatibility or a lack of work from either party? Are we forgetting that relationships are a two-way street, especially wet in the rain? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, she has been in a relationship for five years, and the first four and a half of it were all long distance. So she just moved to Texas um, and is now finally living with him. That is an achievement. <laughs> Four and a half years, holy crap. Um, something she says uh, that she sees being neglected is communication. Uh, in the fandom, most of the relationships are long distance, simply because I think most of us in the fandom have friends more out of state than in state. That's not true for I me, don't know. but... I don't know. 
Um, you want to be able to tell your partner you love them, and you want to be able to have them understand what you have to say, and vice versa. Um, but that's hard to do, um, just because of the distance. You have to. You have a lot of subtleties. Um, I see it happen a lot, even in my own relationship. Sometimes I forget to tell my man that something he did is bothering me, and he does the same to me. We bottle it up, it festers, and then it blows up into a big fight. I'm seeing nods over there. <laughs> I was actually saying I don't have that problem. Oh. I tend to tell him too much. <laughs> Since we've literally grown up with each other, we both know how to defuse the fight once it's happened. But a lot of seating relationships don't make it through that. Another important aspect is to be able to say, I'm sorry. Even if you feel the fight or conflict isn't your fault, apologize anyways. All right, Steve, do you do that? Do you? Because she, yeah. she's always right, right? Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, at, at some point you have to come to agreement with it, you know? It never hurts to put on an olive branch. Um, let's see here. She says, uh, something you can say is, I'm sorry for whatever it was. What do you think we can do to fix this? And it works wonders. You have to remember a relationship is not just you or just them. It is us, we, together. Your partner and you have come together to create one entity. Sometimes they make you angrier than you could ever imagine, but communicating and solving the issue together is going to help you f to keep from wasting precious time together. Um, something else that you need to worry about is trust. When you get into a relationship with someone, you have to learn to trust them. You're letting them pass the gates that are guarding your heart, which we were talking about earlier. You go to them when you're most vulnerable and you need to express something, and they do the same for you. Uh, you'll have your doubts about yourself and your partner, and they're going to be the one to help you up after every fall and put ice on your bruises. You just want to be sure you can trust them to take care of you as if you were in a coma. Uh, the final thing that uh, let's see here. Um, the final thing to remember is that relationships are a huge trial of patience. What say you two? Yes. Yes. Agreed. Uh, your partner's going to do things that drive you up the wall crazy, and you have habits that are going to make them crazy. Patience helps you deal with them, and you can't ask them to change. We all come with things that others find obnoxious, but the things that you love about your partner usually outweigh those habits. Relationships are hard, but if you're both willing to work at it, the outcome is worth every ounce of work you put in. There will be smiles, tears, good times, and bad times. But if you both can stay strong for each other and support each other in the weak spots, you can build something unbreakable and amazing. So to those of you feeling stressed about your long-distance relationship, keep going. We pick the harder road to go down, but if the love you both give is true, everything will work out. I promise. The rest of you don't give up hope either. Love is a rough road, but it is one you can look back on and feel the same accomplishment as if you were to climb Mount Everest. Only the love of your life is there with you. Signed, Shiloh. Very nice. Thank you so much, Shiloh, for sending that great email. It means a lot. Um, I agree with... Um a lot of it, the whole learning to trust, like I said earlier, that was my biggest issue, and I still struggle with it every day. Do you think that? Do you think that's unique to a particular group of people, or is it a part of the human condition? I think it's part of the human condition. I think you, I mean, I think it's probably more severe for some people than others, but I think it's you've got to protect yourself, right? The gates to your heart. I love that. Yeah, I'm imagining like the big pearly gates, but there's a heart behind them. <laughs> That's a great image, St. Peter's there with his stick. Fuck <laughs> off, buddy. <laughs> no, it's St. Aorta. Who? Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clever. I know. Wow. Hippocampus. Okay. <laughs> Steve, did you have anything you wanted to add? Uh, well, I will agree that long-distance relationships are uh, hard. The uh, last relationship I was in started out as a long-distance thing before we moved in together. and Yeah, the... It, it seems like when you're doing the long distance thing, the uh, uh, 
at the start when it's just mostly a mental sort of thing where you're just kind of talking and you're not really physically dealing with someone and their quirks. It's It can be easier because you, you get to really know that person uh, at least in their in their head, but you don't really get to know the person at least in their habits and you know the 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 annoying little singing they do in the kitchen. Not that Amy does that, <laughs> but, uh, and it's not annoying either. It's lovely. But uh, so it, it, it can be very difficult. Plus the the other bonus, I guess you could say, of a long distance relationship is that uh, sometimes you could turn it off when you need to, because you know out of sight, out of mind sort of thing. And when you're actually living with someone you've constantly got to be thinking about them and uh, keeping them in your thoughts or they get very angry. So He gets really mad at me when I flash him with his back turned to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, that kind of, that's kind of interesting that you say that because uh, something I've seen a lot of my friends that are dating struggle with is the, you didn't call me. And why are you constantly trying to find out about me? And it's not because the other party is obsessed with knowing where they're every second of the day. It's like, you know, I was worried about you or I, I didn't know if you were going to be home for dinner or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So how would you recommend that the other party who's having the misunderstanding get have it explained to them or how they should think about it? We actually had to deal with that. Oh, really? really? Perfect. That was that was a big problem with us. Like, well, I mean, leading up to the wedding, we had a lot of stress, obviously. A lot. A lot of stress. A lot. You looked like you were about ready to start punching sometimes. <laughs> Well, I was, I was, there was no point in at least the last four months before the wedding, there was no point that I was not at the verge of tears. Um, if somebody had said the wrong po- thing to me, and it happened several times, if someone said the wrong thing to me, I would, I would just be like, oh, you know, <laughs> so, but no, um, Steve had to really learn how to communicate. He's still working on communication, but, uh. <laughs> um, communicate like he had to really learn that he wasn't single anymore and it's not that i need to know where he is all the time or that he's that he's not allowed to do anything it's just that he would be gone all night and not even bother to tell me he was alive so it's very important to let people know you're alive. <laughs> yeah. So I would hear nothing from him from the time he went to work until like two in the morning because he'd be working on his car or doing something for a friend or something. And I would have no idea where he was. And that would bother me. And he just didn't get it. He did not get it. He, As far as he was concerned, he was his own man. He could do what he wanted. And he didn't have to answer to me. And he's right. He doesn't have to answer to me. But we're in a partnership. And it's it's a courtesy. It's it's a level of respect to let me know, hey, I'm okay. I'm just going to be out. I'm going to be out late tonight. And I just never thought that was, that should be hard to do. And then it got worse because he's like, well, I'll take care of this problem. So he said an auto text to at a certain time, just auto text. I'm staying late at work. <laughs> so he still never put any thought into Oh, my future wife might be wondering where I am. He just put made me a program in his phone. <laughs> How did you find out about this auto text? Well, it was kind of easy to figure out because it would start doing it at the same time every day. But then he actually let it slip at some point. And I, that's when I was like... <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Steve, how did you... Did you feel like she was like writing your back all the time about where are you? What are you doing? Well, like a parent kind of? Not so much that. My my problem is, is I, I get really engrossed in something and I'll completely forget about everything. 
So oftentimes I'd find that it'd be nine o'clock and I'm hacking on some code at work and I suddenly realize, oh, I guess I should do something about that. So, you know, it, it wasn't a conscious effort on my part to say, okay, well, you know, I, I don't need to let her know where I am. It was more of it completely slipped my mind because I was completely in something else. So, yes, I, I did try to make the effort. I coded up a little thing that it, it was location aware, mind you. It, oh, it only, really? Yeah, it told her where I was. But uh, That's yeah. right. If he was still at work at a certain time, it texted me that he's staying late. And if he was not at work at a certain time, it would text that he was on his way home. I think that's how I figured it out is because it texted me that he was on his way home, but actually he was on his way to his friend's house, which he hadn't mentioned that he was going to a friend's house. So I get a text that he's coming home and then three seconds later, oops, I mean, uh, I'm going to so-and-so's house. <laughs> there were some bugs to work out. <laughs> it's been mostly resolved now. So how did you train yourself to say, okay, I, I'm really going to take some time to text you and say, I'm alive. He doesn't. He still doesn't. <laughs> well, I, I, I feel that I've done a little bit better with it, but I also feel that Amy has uh, uh, learned that I'm very forgetful in that way and that she's been a little bit more accepting of it too. Did you sit down and have a conversation then to have this understanding or was it just something you learned with experience? Both. We had a lot of conversations. We actually went and got some premarital counseling before the wedding. So we had a lot of conversations about it. Uh-huh. Uh-oh, I just stunned the audience. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. I, he hasn't asked anything in a while. <laughs> no, I was... Uh, well, how about... Let's talk a little bit about internet. Like, you guys said that you found each other online? Yes. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. I'm, a lot of furries within the furry fandom start online, and then they get into a relationship. I mean, because um, it, it's hard to go up to someone and say, I am Hey, I'm a furry. Are you a furry? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how, how, how do you feel that that transition happened for you how how was because there's a lot of people that it's not successful you know the person that they meet online isn't the same person that they yeah that's in person um or they decide to move out to god knows where and then they find out that this person is yeah like i said not the person that they thought well i think that's kind of the risk of meeting people online is you're always going to find people like that I think we got lucky in the fact that we were both pretty honest. And I think the reason that we even went on any dates is because Steve, who is a nerd, and I love him for that, <laughs> did a lot of nerdy research on how to move from the internet to live dating. And he, he used that knowledge as a tool to actually move our relationship forward. So tip number one, do your homework. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, that's a pretty good tip. Um Let's see. Would you recommend that for everybody? Like, as far as, like, online dating or... Recommend online dating or like, doing your research about it? No, 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 no. Like, yeah, online dating. Like Research? I, research? Well, no, research. We got that point. That's an awesome point. Uh-huh. But um, do you recommend online dating for everybody? Or not everybody, but... Yeah. I, I think that... I don't know what I'm asking. Sorry. Just, <laughs> I think, just, just say something, please. Okay, I can do that. <laughs> I am good at that. Um, I think depending on your situation, for me, you know, I wasn't in school meeting people. I wasn't meeting people at work. I live in Utah, you guys, and I'm over 30. So all of the men that I meet at work and things like that are married with four kids already. So there wasn't really a lot of places for me to meet single men. 
Um, I was not going to go and meet men at the bar. Uh, that's a terrible place. Yes. Uh, that's okay if you're looking for a one night stand, but that wasn't what I was looking for. So it really depends on your situation. For me, um, online dating was the best option. I did take a lot of risk. I did meet some non-desirable people, um, but it worked out. You know, I got lucky. And I mean, I hate to say that I got lucky, but unfortunately it's true. There are people out there that misrepresent themselves. Well, they represent the ideal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, we have a voicemail I'm going to play, and then we will take your answer. Hi, guys. It's the White Fang again. Hey, uh, in response to your question on relationships, I would like to know how to tell if the other person is interested or not. Talk to you later. Bye. So how do you tell if you're um, all single guys and women take note now. <laughs> well, I think one obvious, uh, uh, I guess it, I guess there's two, two possibilities. Are you asking like right at that moment or over the length of some time? So let's take it in both contexts. Okay. So let's say over the length of the ta- time, obviously they're going to try to contact you again, or they're going to accept your contact. Um, usually, at least for me, if I'm not interested on somebody, I don't usually take their calls. <laughs> do you, do you slide to red instead of green on your phone? I don't have that option. Oh, <laughs> you decline. I just go, oh, I'm going to just watch this show while the phone rings. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, right on the spot, usually you can tell by there being, um, involved in the conversation and interested in what you have to say and and in putting putting value into the situation that you're in if somebody's not interested they're usually on their phone looking at something else you know i think the biggest thing to look for is somebody that is involved in in the situation that you're in now if they're mentally not there but how do you tell if that person is wanting to move into a relationship versus they just want to be your friend. It depends on the context you're in. Well, I can see that being tough. Um, the, I mean, because sometimes I've been guilty of this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the violence has begun. <laughs> the um, one person in the relationship thinks that it's something romantic and the other thinks it's a friendship. Certainly that can be confusing. But I think... At least in my situation, when I've been in that situation, I think that I was always good about keeping the physical contact separate. So when I was a friend in a relationship, I wouldn't lead them on with, you know, touching them or um, hugging or things like that. Where, you know, if they thought it was the other way, they were brushing my arm or trying to give hugs so I could tell. But. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Well, and that's an interesting thing because furries are very touchy-feely. They will hug and cuddle yeah. a lot. And I, but I think still, you know, the difference. Like if somebody's gazing to your, into your eyes and brushing your arm and putting their hand, that's, that's more than just, you're my friend. I want to show affection. Uh, okay. Well, I'll say in dating Amy, in the beginning, it was very hard for me to tell exactly where the interest was there because... Amy was very guarded, and it was kind of left to me to uh, uh, make the first move in things. And it, it took us probably, I don't know, a half dozen or so dates before I finally got up the nerve to actually ask her if I could kiss her. 
because I wasn't getting any indication otherwise whether she would be into that or not. And finally, at one point, just before I left, I'm like, uh, I want to kiss you. And she's like, okay. <laughs> you said I want to kiss you. Yeah, I did. I have, I've done that too. <laughs> I, oh, I, I didn't know what else to do because at that point, it, it seemed like, I mean, she's still going on dates with me and she seemed like she liked me, but we weren't really moving any closer together and I wasn't sure exactly where it was going. Well, does she like me in that way or... And, you know, I didn't know what the heck to do. So uh, finally I just said, okay, well, here we go. Uh, I'm going to ask her if I can kiss her and we'll see what happens. So so maybe the answer to the question is just ask. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Communication. It was, it, that's <laughs> hard, though. It is. But maybe that, you know, this whole thing, love, everything about it, it's all risk, you know. So. So I have another question for you guys. This is This is a... Taboo, quite no, not really. <laughs> How important is sex in a relationship? It's very important. In Expound a, upon that, in please. In an intimate romantic relationship, um, Steve would agree. I can tell you that he doesn't even need to speak. <laughs> 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 no, it's very important, and even with somebody like myself, who is somewhat. No. <laughs> Listen, this, it all goes back to I have major trust issues. And in general, I don't care what people think about me. But when I let somebody in that into that depth of my heart, I do care what they think. So Steve is one of the few people on this planet who I care what he thinks. So for me to say crazy things about sex in front of him, I could really be hurt if he just turned around and laughed at me. <laughs> so... Um, sex is very important, but at the same time, I think both parties need to be willing to not use sex as a weapon, really. As a manipulation? Yeah. yeah why, why do people do that? It's something that gives you power over the other person if that's what you're into. But it's, it's very important to not, not only to be mentally compatible, but to be compatible with sex as well, because... If one person's really into it and the other person really doesn't care, you're going to have a bad time. It's it's just not going to work out for you. It's it's important to be compatible in that regard or to be comfortable with where things are going. Hmm. So what is the difference between love and love? Love and love? I know that's a weird question. Do but... you mean love and lust? Okay, there we go. <laughs> that makes more sense. <laughs> Well, What's the difference love between apples and apples? Uh, <laughs> well, Feature no, the thing is, is they're, they're different. Because to some people, like, I can say, I love you. I really care about you. So and there, then, yeah, there's different then to some people, it's like, love. oh, I love you. Oh, come here. You so know? what's the difference between being in love and loving someone? Yeah. Um, being in love, and this isn't going to be true for one of your first emailers with the polygamist type relationship, which is totally cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Being in love is, and totally my opinion, Steve may have a different opinion, is, you know, really deciding this is the person that I want to build a partnership with. This is the person that I want to weather the storm with and that I'm willing to weather the storm with. Um, Loving someone is... I love you, you you bring joy to my life, but there's somebody 
else that I'm going to run to when the shit starts falling. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I was approached at FC by uh, actually a listener. um, And he asked me a question that's kind of been ringing in my head and I've been saving it for just this moment. So here it is. He, he's into various things. People in the furry fandom, I think we are the R and D of kink. Okay. Honestly. Uh-huh. Um, and for him, he struggles with approaching women about, I'm into this, and I'm into this. And and he fears that, I mean, it's not conventional. It's not like just the average run-of-the-mill, I like to get tied up or like to be spanked or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's like, well, how, how should I approach the opposite sex about this? Well, first of all, don't start with that in your conversation. Say, that's probably not your opening act. No, but it will eventually come up. And, well, and the thing is, is, sometimes you identify through some of those kinks. It's a big part of, you know, what makes up your personal character. Okay, sure. But still, what you're looking for is a relationship that's trusting and open. So if you find that relationship, that person's going to be willing to look at those kinks with you. Um it, it's not about finding them because of that common thing. Right, but it's it's knowing that, I guess what you're saying, that they would be okay to talk to about it when the time is right. Right, right. I mean, there are certainly things that all of us like that other people don't. And even in a partnership, you don't have the same interests. But if you're in a loving, open, and trusting relationship, it's a two-way street. So don't put the cart before the horse, kind of. Yeah, I mean, look for that emotional relationship with an open-minded person, I guess. I I know that for myself, like, I've I've had situations where, like, you know, somebody's came to me and said, well, you know, I'm in a relationship with someone, and they're like, "I'm, I'm interested in this. And now I've never thought about that before or anything like that, but, Mm -hmm. but I was willing to try it. For mm-hmm. them, you right, know, right? Um, because I loved them and I, you know, I cared about them. And so I, I completely agree with what you're saying. Yeah. So, Hammy, how do you handle it when a woman wants to come to you and say, I really love doing whatever at that point in the relationship? Do you, are you just like, whatever, awesome, or? <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I feel that uh, personally, I feel pretty open about things. So, you know, I might be willing to give it a shot. <laughs> See, that's great. I mean, have you always had that attitude, or did it take you some time to get there? Uh, I feel that I've kind of always had this attitude, but I could be wrong about that. I don't know. <laughs> but I don't know. I I think it's worthwhile if you if you really liked someone and they really want to do something. It's worthwhile to at least try it once and say, "Well, I did this," and uh, if you don't like it, be able to say, "Hey, look, you know." I really wasn't into that. Uh, I don't want to do that again. You know, and expect that the other person will respect your opinion on that. Hmm. Right. I have another question. Okay. Make it quick. Okay. <laughs> to you, what is love? Baby, I don't hate this hurt question. Me. Don't hurt me. My seven-year-old niece asked me this like two days, no, the day after the wedding. Let me just tell you, I hadn't slept for four months before that, but... <laughs> So then you've had plenty of time to think about this answer. No, I've blocked it from my mind. Let's start with Steve on this one. Yeah, that is a loaded question, I suppose, especially when my love's sitting right next to me. <laughs> but uh, I I think love is about, it's it's a lot about trust. It's a lot about 
being able to say, well, this one person, I can trust them implicitly that it's safe around them. Um, you know, I can be myself around them and, and, you know, be comfortable in that. And I think that, uh, that that's a big part of love is knowing that this one person is going to have your back, even if you screw up, uh, and is going to want to be there with you. Yeah, I think it's it's knowing that you can love them through whatever shit happens and they can love you. Um, it's knowing that you you have that trust and that openness and that honest so, stuff. <laughs> so we're coming up on the end of this segment and then we will go to the game. Okay. Before we go to the game, what would be your final parting thoughts on relationships to both single and people who are in relationships. You can do one for each group if you like or together. I think for both, it's um, to not take it too seriously. I mean, I think since we've come out of the wedding and everything is less dramatic and less serious, we laugh all the time together now. And things are a lot more funny and, and we take each other less seriously. So that helps us to not be upset when somebody does something stupid and i (laughs) i love to tease him about sex because it's so easy (laughs) he kind of hates it but he still laughs about it (laughs) i think uh an important thing for anyone looking to get in a relationship is you got to be comfortable with yourself first you've got to know yourself you've got to have your self-confidence and you i mean you may still be trying to find yourself you may still be trying to figure out what exactly that means but you, you've really got to be able to say, you've got to be able to be honest with yourself. Don't try to find yourself in someone else. Yes. Try to be yourself and be willing to take a chance. Be willing to take a risk. And, you know, go on dates. And if you it's not working out for you, try something else. There's, there's lots of people. Don't get fixated on just one person if it's not working out for you. So yeah. You have to be a whole person before you can be in a true relationship. A successful relationship. Thank you for your guys' advice. We've learned something. <laughs> Just, you know, follow your guys' heart, you know. And stick mm-hmm. to the basics. Stick sounds to the like, basics. Right? Love comes from all different sorts of places and will find you without you sometimes even looking for it. Just keep an open heart. That's mm-hmm. that's probably the message <laughs> of this whole episode. <laughs> The message. We need to have a little song for that. Okay, well, we are going to take our final break real quick. Then we are going to come back and do the game listener mail and send you on your way afterward. In the beginning, there was furry. All were righteous and free from evil, and all were pleased. And it came to pass, one show did emerge from the darkness and journey to the land of Maud, Idaho, wherein much happiness... Okay, what? This is not some kind of religious sermon. And, and freaking potatoes! I mean, come on! Even Canada has poutine. <clears throat> Those two full six people listened to have done something right and are happy to announce their return as guests of honor to Fur Idaho 2013. That's right, for what it's worth is back and we're pulling out all the stops to make you regret not attending. Not only will For What It's Worth Live be presented at the convention, but other special events, 
such as the greatest Stalin show in the galaxy will be presented in the signature wacky style you can only get from for what it's worth. So, are you going to more I mean Idaho? Join for what it's worth on March 8th to 10th, 2013 at SpudCon. Uh, I mean for Idaho. on Valentine's Day by Papa Bear. Ah, Valentine's Day, the day when companies like FTD, Hallmark, Seas Candies, and K Jewelers try to convince men everywhere that they are horrible husbands and boyfriends unless they buy those women in their lives a special treat, plus a nice dinner, and if you're really being good, a night of dancing. I recently got a letter from a reader of my column who is worried about Valentine's. Seems he got hit with some unexpected expenses and doesn't have the money to take his girl out to the expensive restaurant he promised her. He's freaking out that she will hate him if he backs out of his promise. Poor guy. Who needs this grief? Does it prove your love for your mate if you buy her or him some fancy baubles and gooey chocolates? Well, in this bear's experience, it is certainly possible to buy your girl lots of great gifts and still be an awful boyfriend or husband. It's just stuff, guys. And if your relationship with a woman or man is based on material gifts, then that is a very shallow relationship indeed. You are also, quite frankly, being a sucker for corporate America, which has, among other things, come up with many holidays to increase consumerism, ranging from Sweetest Day to Grandmother's Day to Congratulations on your first prostate exam day. Sample card says, I'd like to take this time to say, your prostate is looking a-okay. If you want to be a good mate to that special someone in your life, the best thing you can do is share that love every day in thoughtful and expensive ways. Hide a love note in your lover's lunch bag before they go off to work. Be spontaneous and take them for a walk and then stop for an ice cream cone. Go window shopping. If they have a hobby, spend a little time helping them with it. Make up some fun handmade coupons, make a few of them naughty for fun, or take a drive along the beach or through a scenic canyon. The point is, you shouldn't need a corporate sanctioned holiday to find an opportunity to share your love for your mate. The best gift you can give them is your time. Spend time with them. Time is more precious than diamonds. When you're young, you think you have all the time in the world. Then you blink and look back and suddenly it is 30 or 40 years later. Life is short. If you are blessed with someone in your life whom you love, then never take that love and the time you have with them for granted. Be happy. Peppa Bear. Alright, it is time. Everyone's been waiting for the hour or whatever you're at in this point in the podcast for the, the game. game. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Today's game is torturous as usual. It is called Men Are From Mars and well, Women Are From Venus. How well do you know your own gender? Um, all right, here are your instructions. You're about to be asked questions about your gender as it relates to planets. Each correct answer gets one point for a maximum of ten. Now, listen very carefully. If you answer before the question is completed, you forfeit any points for that question. Okay. Can you win the battle of the sexy sexes? Go ahead. You read question one. All right, Steve, you're up first. Are you ready? Suppose. Aside from the shield and spear, Mars is also the representation of what? What? 
uh, God of War? That is incorrect. The male sex. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Amy. Yes. It's about gender. If men are from Mars, what planet are women from? Venus. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, question two. What do scientists consider the holy grail of Mars? Uh, life on Mars? Liquid water. That would lead to life, that's why. <laughs> Amy. Yes. This planet shares the same name as a popular wide, um, let's see, popular wide head women's shaver by the Gillette Company. This planet uh, shares the same name as a popular shaver from Gillette. It's not Venus again, is it? <laughs> Steve, question <No>. three. <laughs> Aside from sunlight, what else is the surface of Mars bathed in when the sun rises? I'm going to get this wrong, aren't I? I don't know how much do you know about Mars. <laughs> uh, solar radiation. Hey. There's no ozone layer. Wow. Good There's job. lethal radiation. Yep. Amy. Yes. What was the answer to the last question? Yes, Venus. <laughs> Steve, question four. <laughs> how many years away is the collision of the moon Phobos with Mars? Uh, sixty-four thousand. Fifty million years. That was close. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> I really Qu- like this game. Question four. <laughs> Venus has, um, let's see, Venus has days which are about 224 and a half days long. What is the first word in this sentence? Venus. <laughs> Even though it sounded like you said penis. <laughs> <laughs> Question five, Steve. How hot is the planetary core of Mars? Not very. <laughs> is that your answer? Sure. It's a cool core, and it's not much warmer than the surface. It was once molten, but it is not any longer. <laughs> Amy. Yes. Please repeat after me. Venus. Venus. <laughs> Question six. How many tectonic plates does Mars have? Uh, four. Their core isn't molten, dummy. There's only one plate. (laughs) It was worth a shot. What? Amy. Yes. Mars and Venus are the planet adjacent to our own. This question isn't about Mars, so it must be about which planet which is adjacent to our own. Could it be Venus? (laughs) That is correct. I'm really having a hard time not answering before you finish the question. <laughs> Steve, what year was the planet Mars discovered in? Oh, 1200s. 1534 BC. Okay. The Egyptians observed it. <laughs> Amy. Yes. S-U-N-E-V spelled backwards is what? Venus. <laughs> Question eight. What is the name of the calendar planned for possible use on Mars? Can you repeat that? What is the name of the calendar planned for possible use on Mars? Uh, I thought I this. I don't know. The Darian calendar, which was created in 1985. I didn't know that. <laughs> Amy. Yes. Only one country has successfully landed a single spaceship on this planet. 
um, compared to several ships on Mars. Which planet is it? I'm going to go with Venus. <laughs> I You're actually correct. saw the pictures. I was like, that's what Venus looks like? What does it look like? Like the desert. <laughs> <laughs> really, they were black and white, and it was actually the Soviets. Ah. They beat us to Venus. <laughs> All right, Steve, you ready for this next torture? Sure. How many months compares a year on the Darian calendar? Um, 13. I'm sorry. The answer is 24. 24 months. Excellent. Amy. Yes. What planet rhymes with the word penis? <laughs> hmm. Venus? <laughs> All right. Can we get a score? Score. Yes. Amy has nine points and Hamster has two. Ooh, ooh. It's a close game. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for this last question? It's sure. going to be amazing. It'll blow your mind. <laughs> guess what this? Uh, guess what planet this last question's about? Mars. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's about KOI 172.02, which is the first extrasolar planet in the habitable zone. Amy. Yes. Take a guess. Venus. <laughs> and that's the game. How did it turn out, Koru? Amy has our first ever perfect score of Woo! 10, and Hamster has two. I really feel I should have, like, lost all those questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we don't want the questions to be impossible, just extremely difficult. That's all. This is maybe my favorite game ever. <laughs> it was very challenging. It was. <laughs> to wait. <laughs> <laughs> to wait until you finished reading. Amy. Yes. Guess what word I'm thinking of? Venus. Yeah! <laughs> Bonus point. That's imaginary points. <laughs> okay. Well, it's been a while since we've done a regular episode because we were off frolicking about the country. Yay! So our listener mailbag has four lovely pieces of mail inside. So our first one comes from Orion. This is what he had to say. This likely has nothing to do with the topic at hand. You're right. That's why it's in listener mail. <laughs> Hello, for what it's worth, I really love your show. Anyway, my name is Orion. You're a fan from South Carolina. I'm a Florida Panther, aka Puma. Cats for the win! Colon D exclamation point. So I have a problem. I'm a minor, so I can't really do much without my parents' permission and attendance. You've probably heard this sob story plenty of times, so let's cut to the chase. I feel like a butt because I don't have much to do with the community and want to get more involved. Any suggestions? Once again, love the show. P.S. I lied about where I live. I really am from Wisconsin, Texas. Colon <laughs> three. You know, I have some good su a good suggestion for you. Why don't you do this? Start a minor group. Like people who go into coal mines? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm t oh my gosh. Make sure you get hard hats. <laughs> no, like, don't forget your canary. Start, like, there's not very many minor groups that are out there. Start something that, you know, that's an online group just for minors. That you can you can chat. How would you verify age? Yeah, because unfortunately you'd get like the older Amy, creepy guys. Amy, what am I thinking? Venus. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for interrupting me again. You're welcome. Go ahead. But no, the problem with a minor group is you'd probably get like the older creepy guys going in there, pretending like they're 13. Remember what is what is that saying? Um, all little girls on the internet are FBI agents. All FBI agents on the internet are something else, and then all hot women are old men. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was just there are no girls on the internet. Oh, I'm pretty sure that they're there, but they're usually not wearing clothes. <laughs> they're being paid to be there. <laughs> right. Oh. 
Uh, how do you know this? Not from experience. Oh, I thought it was Venus. Venus, Venus, yes. (laughs) Venus Venus told me. (laughs) So you're planning to have small ones at some point, right? A small one, and she will be a female. (laughs) Okay. And she will wear tutus while she helps her dad work on the car. I'm okay with that. (laughs) So if she came to you and said, I want to be a furry, and she's underage, how do you handle that? Um, Let's get the point. I would... I would be okay with that only because I was an X-File when I was in high school so I I wanted to go to all the conventions and stuff and my, my mom took me and I would definitely as a mother want to be very involved in it you know we actually are working on developing an award for cool moms who take their kids to conventions you know I think it's hard but where we're going with this communicate with your family mm-hmm let them know. And if they just won't accept it, wait. Yeah. And and that's probably all that you can do at this point. Because if you have somebody that's a cool mom or cool dad that would be willing to take you to these conventions or to these meets or different things like that, then you can become more involved. And like the advice that we've given before, you just showing up to some of these meets and not telling people that you're a minor is putting everybody else at risk. Mm-hmm. And if you are found, you know, if you're found out, then, um, you know, it could actually ostracize you. <laughs> That's happened here, but Orion is trying to avoid doing that. Keep in mind, because he's writing for I advice. know. I know. I'm not saying, uh, this is not pointed to you, Orion. I hope you know that. I'm just saying in general, because I've had experiences in the past where all of a sudden somebody comes out and says, oh, I'm 15. Yeah. Like. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next mail. All right, so this is from Kane. It says, hey there, for what it's worth, this is Kane. <laughs> I don't know how to say his last name. McKayton. McKayton. Oh, thank you, Corv. The- Good job. <laughs> I try. I'm proud of you, Corv. I like <laughs> that you had to lean into the mic to nod your head. That was that was nice. Could, I, everyone could hear my sexy <laughs> nodding. <laughs> The tropical um, Phoenix fox hailing Fennec. Fennec. Fennec, sorry, fox hailing from all the way in Hawaii. Really, love Hawaii, Hawaii? First. Yeah, I think we all need to go visit. We are taking the show for what it's worth live to, <laughs> to the Hawaii. beach on Hawaii, Wisconsin, <laughs> Texas, Hawaii, <laughs> something like that. That was a terrible pun. Keep reading. I know, I know. I just like to say it's been a pleasure listening to you ever since I discovered your show by chance a few months ago. You really filled the gap that that has been there ever since Clawcast went dark a few years ago. If any of you, re- I mean, if any of you remember or have ever heard of Clawcast, I barely remember it. I I've heard of it, but I never listened to some of their episodes. See, it's nice to have a furry podcast that actually talks about the subject of furries rather than just random things. I'd like to comment on that, but I'm gonna skip that. <laughs> I know you have been. I know that you've been busy ahead with further confusion going on, but I'd like um, to show my appreciation for what um, the, for what you do with a little picture I drew. Check the show notes. It's something that I have had in my head for a while, ever since Rue started the whole in bed with the cookie thing. Anyways, keep it keep being awesome and producing this great media outlet for the fandom. So. 
he drew this little picture of me that says in bed with the cookie and I absolutely adore this thing. Here, we I'll show the guests. We used it during guess. FC. Oh, I think that's really cute and should be framed. <laughs> but, it, but it needs a signature. We need a signature. We'll have to go to Hawaii to get it. Yeah, I think we might. I really want to go to Hawaii now. Uh, do they have Disney a has a resort in Hawaii now. Do they have a Hawaiian convention? No. They should have a Hawaii convention. Why not? Because it's really expensive to go to Hawaii. Okay. It's like eight, nine hundred bucks. Like yeah, you go to Japan for a hundred. You get all those more. those birds that have all the money go to it. They go to Elliot's. So oh. anyways, anyway. Well, thank you for thank the email. Thank you again, and I really appreciate the picture. I'm sorry I butchered your email, but I I absolutely adored your picture. We actually ended up using it for FC. I hope you don't mind. Um, <laughs> Didn't you put it on the Facebook wall? Um, I don't know if I put it up on the Facebook wall. I'll have to search. Well, you didn't put it up on the site. I did. Do you even know how it. to edit the site? Yeah, I do. Okay. <laughs> but I didn't. But I didn't put it up on the site. Right. I think it was Facebook. Yeah, it's a pretty awesome picture, and it's just so much fun to get art. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Let us move on to Stone. Hey guys, I don't know if you guys already did this topic, but should, how should I tell my parents that I'm a furry? My mom knows, and she's actually very cool about it, and she got her and I tails. That mom needs an awesome mom award. Yes. Colin D. But my dad, parents are divorced, isn't really all that nice. He already has low respect for me, that whole Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve deal. How should I address this to him? What should I say if he's okay or not okay with it? I've been wondering this for the past few months, and I guess now would be a great time to ask since your live show is coming up. Or in the past. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Your number one Fox fan, Stone Prower. Mr. Stone Prower. Uh, you know, it's this is something that people do ask a lot, but it seems like, based on what you're saying here, Stone, um, you may have come out and also mixed furry in at the same time, which is something that uh, we recommend against. So if you have the ability, you might want to clarify these definitions with your, or it looks like with your dad, um, and let him know that they're not necessarily related. <laughs> Mm-hmm. They are similar, but they are not the same. Yeah. Can, can, I, I, oh. can I butt in here just because I have personal experience with that? My mom is totally cool with it. My dad, on the other hand, is just the complete opposite scale. I would try to avoid, you know, really talking about it unless he seems interested or unless he really asks. Other than that, I would just kind of keep it on the DL in front of my dad. I maybe he spends more time with his dad though. That's what the internet's for, I guess. Right. But at the same time, you have to understand that not everybody's going to accept it. So you don't, you need to be okay with yourself, but not be shoving it in someone else's face. Kind of like when Steve walks around naked. Yes. And or shoves a it helicopter. In my <laughs> 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 oh, I'm going to die. You know, I hate, I, I, I'm saying this in jest. So everyone take a breath. Um, I was reading on Twitter, uh, the Angry Cat Twitter. Someone keeps retweeting it. Um, oh, and grumpy Cat? Grumpy, thank you. Grumpy Cat. What am I saying? Angry Cat. Grumpy Cat. Um, and he was all, Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, is bullshit because God also created Hitler. Fact. <laughs> I was like, whoo. Uh, not, not that I really, if you, if you are religious, like, we're not trying to slight you. I just thought that was a humorous tweet. Cute fact. Do you know what Grumpy Cat's real name is? Fred. It's tartar Tart. sauce. Tartar sauce. Tartar sauce? Yeah. True. <laughs> he looks like tartar sauce. All right. How many emails do we have left? Is this our last one? This is our last one for okay. K- from Kaney Bluepaw. Is that how you say it? Kaney, yeah. Yeah, Kaney. Or K- as Firebrush says, Kenai. 
Kenai. Obviously, you didn't listen to that. Kenai. No, it's Kenai, though. Okay. My persona is husky slash fox. So what would that make it? Like, put it together. Fosky. A fosky? It's a fusky. Fusky. What are some of the most common questions furries get asked? Well, Amy did this whole episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. What are some of the questions that you asked? I know what questions I had before I got to know furries. And they were, is it about sex? Is it a fetish? That kind of stuff. But now knowing furries, I have a whole different set of questions. It went more into the psychological for me after that. Did, did that episode help you get kind of a clear understanding of what furries were about? It yeah, was a I crazy so. episode. Yeah, yeah. No, I think, I think so. I mean, I still, um, I still, you know, obviously I'm not interested in fursuiting. So, I mean, there's still always going to be a, a question of what makes you want to wear a, a heavy suit once. all the time. Try it once. Just one time. Not, not that we're trying to convert you, but try it once. I would be willing to wear, like, ears, but a, su- a suit just sounds like prison to me, honestly. <laughs> you know she's made her own robot costumes, right? That's true. If you gave me a robot costume, I would wear you that any day of the week. You could be a cybernetic fursuit. See how cool that would be? <laughs> I just awesome. want to be a robot. You could be, you could be a bunny. Big bunny. Steve no, was... I don't want to be an animal. <laughs> what were some of the questions you first had about furry? You know, I, I think I remember being introduced to it back in college because, well, that's obviously how I know you guys in a roundabout sort of way. But uh, it, for me, early on, it was kind of the same sort of thing. It's like, is what exactly is this? Is this some sort of fetish thing? Because that's kind of the context you get introduced to it for normal people. You get like the very extreme things of it and then you kind of ease your way into, okay, well, there's, there's you know, normal stuff in there too. But... I don't know. So, sounds like, well, what's up with this? Why don't you tell us what questions you get? <laughs> uh, usually, I, the only time I really get asked about it now, um, it's, not, it's not like I go down the street with a towel all the time or anything. <laughs> it's usually at a con. People are like, what's this con for? What's a furry? What's up with the tails? Yeah, that's what that's what our first episode of oh, For What It's Worth is called. It's called what it, What's With The Tails no, and Dealing a, With People. It's episode one or zero? Zero. Oh, no, that's the tell people. Episode one. Is what's so those does. are the people that have the filter, which is why what I don't have. Because what they're really thinking is, does the tail do something in bed for you? <laughs> you know, they're actually bringing out a self-moving tail. Wow, that's powered by. You, you the saw brain. the ears or whatever. No, she hasn't seen oh, that. Okay. I'll show you after the show. Okay. I have I have a new pair of nickel. <laughs> the same company's basically making a tail that will will wag automatically for you if you oh. get excited or... How does it know if you're excited? EKG. It's like strapped to your heart? EKG. What is it? E- ECG? Electro... EKG is electrocardiogram. That has to do with your heart. What's Here's... the brain one? Um, the brain it's... version of EKG. <laughs> I sound like yeah. a fool. Brains. I can't brain... Yeah, it reads your brainwaves. Oh. Yeah, so... it actually is pretty cool. Yeah, like if he if he all of a sudden acts really sad or whatever, it'll be all, and he'll go boom. <laughs> yeah, they're in my room. All right, well that's it for listener mail. That's it for our episode, pretty much. No, no, no. As a few reminders and announcements with regards oh. to the website, <laughs> um, like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, for Idaho 2013 Central is live. Go find out what we're doing. Sign up for the events. We're going to have a blast, but they will suck if you don't go and sign up. <laughs> so please don't make them suck. And please sign up now. Don't wait. The reason why is because if you have a particular act 
we might be able to work with the con chair to be able to help you get something extra if you need that like or a keyboard. yeah like a keyboard or something like that um it will make it so that we're more aware of what acts are going to be going on and we can make sure that everything's set up for you. And feel free to email the cast mailbox, castitforwhatitsworth.com, if you have questions about logistics or if your act is feasible. Or just sign up first and then email us because we can always take you off if it won't work. But we'd like to have you on if possible. For Idaho has opened up rooms. So we they now have some additional rooms um, from a hotel. Day. Yeah, an overflow hotel. So if you had any problems getting um, a hotel room, they do have them available now. All right, now that we've done our appropriate corporate worship, we'd also like to announce that we have added what we call starter packs to the website. Um, they are collections of episodes under a certain theme. We only have one up right now, which is the I'm new to the show and or furry pack, which kind of handpicks the best episodes, in our opinion, of the burning questions. If you have any episodes that you would like to suggest for that, um, Topics, you know. Topics, you mean? Topics or episodes? episodes that okay. you would like to suggest to be in there then please you know email us and and we'll look into um, maybe adding it to that pack we we would like to do uh, a fan pack sometime yeah the the fan favorite so um you know if you could please send to us what your fan favorites are um we would be more than happy to do a fan pack yep we also look forward to the live pack which is all our live shows um and the other ones that are listed there which i don't remember right now so, that is all in the way of announcements. Um, don't we have something else? I feel like we have something else. We probably do, and we don't remember what it is. But we know what our next episode is. Yes, it's going to be about the Lion King and furries. So, what is that about? Um, well, like, way back we in 1990-whatever, <clears throat> when Disney debuted this movie, um, and before the fandom had really kind of started to be what it is like it is today on the internet. Uh -huh. It was the summer of 1995. <laughs> in the summer of... Uh, anyway, summer so, um, No, there's just a large group of furries that really love The Lion King for whatever reason. Um, and so we were, we we're going to explore what is so enduring about that movie and how it connected them to the fandom. So what content do we want to ask from our audience? Um, we'll share your experiences about watching the movies. Did you have a movie that got you into the fandom? Are you a Lion King fan and what do you love about it? You know, share your thoughts with us in relation to that. Awesome. Okay, so well, before we sign off, we have to do contact info because we need them to actually send the stuff. <laughs> For what it's worth wouldn't exist without you, the listener. We're always trying to make it as easy as possible for you to share your thoughts, art, music, and comments about the show. Here's how to join the madness. For show topic comments, feedback, and general correspondence, send an email to cast at forwhatitsworth.com. Are you too lazy to write out a message or prefer leaving a voicemail? We totally hear you. Literally. Dial 469-44-FURRY and leave us a voicemail. Long distance charges may apply, so make sure to check with your phone provider. And also, if you leave us a voicemail, we'll totally give you extra love. The show desperately wants to play your original music creation and feature your amazing talents. So send us any music or art submissions to music at forwhatitsworth.com. If you want to send us handwritten comments, chocolate, cookies, postcards for the studio map, or other fun surprises, you can write us at For What It's Worth, P.O. Box 2539-4, or that's 25394, Salt Lake City, Utah, 84125. If you're writing internationally, don't forget to put United States on the address as well. 
To keep up on the show, you can always check our Facebook, Twitter, and Google Plus pages. Our Twitter account is at For What It's Worth, and our Facebook page is at www.facebook.com slash For What It's Worth. Our Google Plus page is plus For What It's Worth. If you would like to contact the hosts, Rue and Tugs, personally, it can be reached via email, rue at forwhatitsworth.com or tugs at forwhatitsworth.com. If you'd like to email the sound engineer, Koru, and learn all the secrets, email Koru, K-O-R-U, at forwhatitsworth.com. If you send items or correspondence for what it's worth, we'll assume that you have permission to share any media content for play on the show. Items sent to our PO box cannot be returned due to cost and safety concerns. If you wish to remain anonymous or do not want your emails or letters read on the air, just let us know in your email letter and we will honor your request. <sighs> okay, I can take... Uh, what, you didn't understand that? No, 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 I'm not repeating. Hit that rewind button. It's there for a reason. And now, back to Ruin Tugs. Thank you for joining us for this amazing episode about love. I hope that you guys have a happy Valentine's Day. Um, you know, snuggle close to that person that you love or have a, have a um, singles awareness day. That's a horrible name for that day. <laughs> By the way, if you go to Idaho, you might get a free copy of Borderlands too. So. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, they have to rewind to hear that again. So thank you to everyone who sent us mail, voicemails. White Fang, we give you the extra love now. Mwah. Cora, <laughs> give him a kiss. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> guess, guess. Give him a kiss. I only kiss Steve. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> kiss each other. How about that? Oh. <laughs> All right. All this kisses and love. Well, ha- once again, have a happy Valentine's Day. We appreciate you as our audience. We love you guys, and we we love your support. We'll see you in two weeks. This is Tugs. This is Rue. And Karu. And this has been... For, for what, what It's, it's worth. worth. Yes, for what it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. <laughs> <laughs>